Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Hey, Tom. Hey, Miggy. Yo. Hey, uh, did you see the FDA got listicle on our ass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the FDA is getting listy, I tell you. Uh, on Delta 8. I say the same agency that uh, lets you put disclaimers about, like, death and bleeding mm-hmm. on your products and that you're going to warn us about delta eight but sure I mean, let's go with that five things to know the listicle from the fda and so number one delta eight products have not been evaluated or approved by the fda for safe use and maybe marketed in ways that put the public health at risk rutro said <laughs> all of my uh people that are out there with one of my delta eight and i'm not saying the other three letters because google has updated its algorithm to scrub for that mm. uh, but as long as you guys are joining us don't forget to thank our corporate overlords by liking and subscribing and then leaving something in the comments really appreciate that it really helps us try to sort through all of the uh, the stuff that happens uh in this industry and uh, try to be legal but not be illegal and and that's very hard sometimes so yeah. uh the fda is aware of growing concerns surrounding delta ath something or other <laughs> products currently being sold online and in stores these products have not been evaluated or approved by the fda for safe use in any context some concerns include variability of product formulations and product labeling other cannabinoids and terpene content and the variable delta eight something or other concentrations additionally some of these products may be labeled simply as hemp products which may further mislead consumers Uh-oh. <laughs> Who associate hemp with non-psychoactive, period. Well, do you remember, I, I, did you see the video where I did like my obsession with hemp? And then I walked into my, my local market and I saw a hemp toothpaste and a hemp brush. And then it's like, they're not marketing it CBD. They're not marketing Delta 8. They're marketing it hemp. And, and yeah, th- this is ridiculous as far as like, uh, number two, the FDA has received adverse event reports involving Delta 8 TAC con- containing products. Uh-oh. Adverse. <laughs> Event reports involving Delta AT, uh, something or other containing products. Remember, those three little words that we don't like to say on this channel because they've been censured, uh, which is crazy, but it's it's an algorithm, so we're not talking to a human. From right. December 2020 through January 2021, FDA received adverse event reports from both consumers and law enforcement, describing at least 22 patients who consume these Delta 8 products. Of these, 14 presented to a hospital. That means they went to a hospital. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, room for treatment following ingestion means uh, edibles. Of 22 patients, 19 experience adverse effects after ingesting Delta 8 food products, brownies, or gummies. Adverse effects included vomiting, hallucinations, trouble standing, and loss of consciousness. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I know, like, you can take too much cannabis. I've done that when uh, I first moved out here in Washington state. And matter of fact, I think your body has to adapt, right? Kind of like with the vitamin C thing, right? You, you know, your body, did you remember that first time you had uh, some, uh, some whiskey or some vodka, like the first hard liquor experience you ever had? Yeah. Yeah. How same thing. Go? Terribly, well. right? Just terribly. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You're a kid. You weren't, you weren't raised. Right. And so you think you can drink way more than you can, but no, you're not, you do not have to be tough when you are first trying ingestible. Something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or or smokables, you know. For, I bet you a lot of these people too, uh, you know. Oh, it's weed. I, I I smoked weed in high school. It's gotta be whatever. And no matter whatever product you're doing, uh, if you don't have the experience, you should take it in intervals. Not 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 like I'm gonna just eat the whole brownie. <laughs> you know, that's uh, right. And so you, uh, but that's one of the things with the regulation. I'm not trying to get a- against Delta Eight, but I'm saying that if there's no regulation, they're going to fill the void because nobody's watching what's going on. But and you so, know, but like uh, vitamin C doesn't get you where Delta Eight does. Well, I mean, but Delta Eight doesn't really get you really like, like you had one of their hundred milligram gummies. Let's say no. like Mickey is going to do a hundred milligram gummy challenge with D8 uh, and uh, get at us at cannabis industry lawyer. Cause we already have people that have like D8 companies in Texas. Like I'll do sponsor your 420 somewhere and like send you some products. Well, th- there you go. If you're tuning in, Mickey just said, yes, I, I'll, I'll do them. And I'll be like, Hey, nothing happened. Just like a cannabis event where you just go I'll to nine one and then I'll wait for you. <laughs> but yeah, right. I just, this is ridiculous. And, and again, uh, it just goes to the people inexperienced in, in consumption because, uh, you know, even when I was experienced, I'm, I'm experienced, you know, I've smoked in God more than half my life. Uh, I remember, yeah, I remember uh, smoking some, going to a friend's house and then asking for a drink. And then he has nothing but edibles in his fridge. So it was smoking, edibles, and then more smoking. Wow. Three hours later. I thought the world was going to end. Hours? All well, right. no, that's when it like it all kicked in, like the panic attack and the, you know, but that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, no one's ever died from cannabis ever. Well, no, you're forgetting all those people who were crushed by bales of it. But uh, number three in the FDA's listy top five things that you as a consumer need to be warned about with Delta 8. Delta 8 has psychoactive and intoxicating effects. Delta 8 something or other has psychoactive and intoxicating effects similar to Delta 9 something or other. Uh Oh, this is the FDA reporting this, i.e. the component responsible for the high, in quote, people may experience from using cannabis. The FDA is aware of media reports of Delta 8 products consumer, getting consumers high. Uh, why don't they say like uh, the, the sensation? Can they, can you describe this without trivializing it, FDA? You know, um, but anyway, I guess they are worried that uh, Delta A may get you high as opposed to have psychoactive effects. Thus, historical use of cannabis cannot be relied upon in establishing the level of safety for these products in humans. Uh-oh. What? The FDA is also concerned about that Delta-8 products likely expose consumers to much level higher levels of the substance than are naturally occurring in hemp, cannabis, 
raw extracts rut row now they're saying that this natural versus synthetic thing is coming to a regulator near you that's yeah. right you person who's been running uh, a delta eight ring in their closet and then trying to get into thco um oh i shouldn't have said those three letters my bad oh take oh. number four maybe take number four <laughs> yeah so delta eight uh products often involve use of potentially harmful chemicals to create the concentration of delta eight claim in the marketplace you know and then there's there's talking about the extraction process you know uh, the you know some of it you know you 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 freeze it or you nitrogen or you shock it with uh solvents you know and then you the other forms of extraction uh the natural amount of delta a in hemp is very low and additional chemicals are needed to convert cannabinoids and hemp like cbd into delta a uh, i.e synthetic conversion Concerns of this process include some manufacturers may use potentially unsafe household chemicals to make Delta-8 uh, through the chemical process. And again, when we talk about regulation, testing is part of regulation. Heck, yeah. And if, if we allowed testing, we would find these bad products, these bad components in the, well, in the unit. I think that's what we're going to get. I mean, the USDA has been regulating or, uh, the hemp cultivation, but there is no such thing, as far as I'm aware, as a hemp processor's license at the federal level. In Illinois, you have to also have a hemp processor's license. Sometimes these are called handler's licenses in agricultural law, depending on which jurisdiction you are residing in. Uh, And that is one of the methods that they could use to create a better regulated CBD or hemp extract and derivative market, because you're going to have to be GMP certified, just like the THC uh, side of the plant. Sure. That's what's coming down with the uh, Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, or whatever uh, Schumer's bill is actually called. Uh, And then that that means that why aren't you GMP certified? And a lot of yeah. the producers, they just aren't. Well, you know, right now, hemp still has a major unfair advantage over uh, the its brother sister cannabis as far as uh, you know full plant. And you know, like I talked before in Washington State, they've allowed Delta Nine extract to be infused into the recreational market, which to me is ridiculous. Like such an unfair advantage for the regular cannabis farmer versus the hemp farmer, at least in a regulated market when it's like this regulated seed to sell. Sure. Hemp doesn't have seed to sell. Right. But like, you know, as a, as a craft grower, I'm going to probably want to be buying into um, uh, the CBD market so that I can then create my own THC and then sell that or, uh, you know, And that was one of the models that was off of uh, the nice people out of Oregon that should return their call. Um, And so they are turning hemp extracts into a CBN product. And CBN has got a a higher valuation than the the Delta 8, but it's kind of difficult to get to. Anyway, well, we got we got it. We're trying to keep a tight 10 on this here. Top five listy. Got to get listy on this. Go for it. All right. Delta 8 products should be kept out of the reach of children and pets and uh this is true and so i don't like how a lot of the delta 8 retailers just rip off the trademarks and trade copyrights or trade dress of candy companies uh and then just try to pass off their gummies or whatever as candy um and and they aren't childproof some delta 8 providers they do actually use like a childproof uh, pill container and they should because those gummies are like 100 milligrams well and i also blame the the parent involved you know like when you're when you're in a gas station getting your cbd gummy right. uh you should really uh make sure it's out of their hands i mean you're responsible it's not like you know sharp knives you, you know but there's no test to determine whether or not you're going to be a good parent you know you don't have to take a test and pass it uh, except for a pregnancy test i guess you would well i mean 
that is the only test that I know of that you need. And that's only to see if you are pregnant. It's not even to see if, you know, anyway. You know, we miss yeah. on number four, we missed a, how the, uh, and their concerns about the harmful chemicals. Uh, they're, they're saying potentially uh, some manufacturers uh, use unsafe household chemicals, but the, um, like with the vitamin C acetate, they're, they're, they're showing, they're saying concern about like the, the carrier, which I mean, if you really, cared about the the consumer lab regulation lab testing requirements i mean that's that's just it it's not hard i mean it's not but then it's hard in the sense that they don't know what they're regulating they're like what i don't do that stuff but they know enough to tell you not to keep it out of the hands of the children they do know enough to tell you what they should be doing with your business Exactly. I mean, again, uh, well, a lot of hemp farmers uh, are worried now because if this is and again, like I'm going to have to update my Delta eight compliance letters. And so my opinion letters, they are of a particular date for a particular cannabinoid uh, through a particular process. And um, and again, like I said, I believe that we're going to see changes to the definition of hemp in the 2022 farm bill. And this is all prelude to that. Well, we still also got the uh, uh, what's it, the infrastructure bill coming up. It's going to include all the testing for the regulations coming up eventually. Let's hope so, because, you know, it's that's just what's going to happen. But I don't think that we're going to see legal t- uh, that other chemical that's it starts with Delta nine. I don't think that's going to be federally legal for at least three, five years. I mean, as far as like a law passing and then we do the infrastructure, you're thinking it'll take that long to get an infrastructure. How long have they been trying to pass the Safe Banking Act? Right. Because the process is just horrible. Again, we just uh, enforce the filibuster. Yeah, right. And make them work. Right. You know, but these are the, the 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 parliamentary part of it is the the thing that eludes most people. You know, the the, the safe banking that has to put on the calendar when, right. when Schumer's crying about we're not going to pass your bill until we get our bill. I mean, who wins in this? Nobody. Nobody. No. Nobody, but I want to go to Wikipedia to see where it was originally. I mean, if it was only initially introduced in 2019, so. Uh, yeah, it was only in 2019, March 7th of 19, they filed the Safe Banking Act and they have never passed it. And so it's not actually all that lo- that old. And if the Safe Banking Act passes, then I'd say, all right, well, Schumer filed that bill this year. So 2023, maybe we would be able to see uh, federal legalization. But I bet the Democrats put it on the 2024 ballot because they're rigged. Right. And they're going to want to use that as a reason to get out the vote and. Which is lame. Again, we're, we're just manipulating the people and not actually coming up with uh, uh, solutions to the issues that we have. You know, you watch if future Biden, if he doesn't die in 2023, is like, I'm evolving on this issue. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I already waited eight years the first time. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know, man. Well, yeah, nobody can tell. I mean, the, the the industry moves too darn fast for anything to really make any sense. Does the new regulations address seed to sales at all? Uh, no, no. The new regulations, uh, from my understanding, the uh, Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, 
uh, didn't speak to seed to sale, but I only read it once. And so maybe it's in there. Uh, these regulations, these aren't regulations. These are uh, administrative guidance. Right. And so like you see this before you see the DEA starting to kick down your doors. And remember, I, I, I've reported on this, like when the uh, the vape mailing ban went into effect, but then the U.S. Postal Service punted on that. So even though it's been in effect since like March 20 something or other, it's only been effective. They didn't start enforcing it until April 27th. And then they punted uh, on April 19th when they said that there was more continued guidance. And I'm basically kind of paraphrasing a lot of the uh, stuff that I do uh, for work. And then um, what happened was now they have this that's out. And now with the United States Post Office comes back and they're like, okay, no. And then all these companies that are selling uh, D8 online, uh, watch out. Well, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of the same thing that happened here in Washington with our medical, man. It's like when recreational came about, there were still two separate um, existing uh, industries or whatever markets. And then the, the legislatures and people paid off and figured out how to cut and dice the, the medical scene. Um, you know, that's that's what happens. They, they, they let you know, hey, we're coming for you. Yep. So unless you're proactive and start creating that regulation and, and thinking that you can be involved in mm-hmm. that parliamentary procedure, somebody else who's more born than you is going to take over and make up the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And they are. But then think about it. Big cannabis doesn't want D8. They want you to buy their products. And so they want hegemony in the market. They don't want to share. Uh, I, don't, and- I, I don't know, man, because like, uh, you know, you got all these Canadian companies that are invested into like the CBD shits. Well, I didn't say CBD. Well, I mean, like the different components of the cannabinoids, which, you know, I just throw them all in one big mess as far as like if you're going to isolate. I don't throw them all in one big mess. Throw them all into the mess of like, why are you buying it? And so there are a lot of people that are buying D8 or THCO for a particular purpose. Right. CBN, they're basically buying for sleep and then CBD for health, wellness, same with D9, yeah. health, wellness, or like what I got a hike, you know, I have anxiety. They, they have a purpose behind why they use the product. For example, later I'm going to buy some orange pie because it's delicious. I'm just, I just mean like coming from a legal state who has been around it for a while and has had access Whoa. to, Oh, better take a small break, everybody. You're looking at well, it. looks like we're getting some feedback on this one. So there's 156 people that are watching. This is the largest amount of audience that we've had in some time. Uh, comment down there and, and let us know if we've been coming up on your feeds because there's been some very interesting algorithmic stuff that we have to put up with uh, on this beautiful platform. Um, and so uh, if you haven't been able to see us lately, uh, let us know in, in the comments. And then also smash that like. And then click it's the subscribe. bell because, well, if you click the bell and you're already a subscriber, uh, it'll override it because this is for 18 plus. There's a 99% likelihood that you're over 18. Uh, I've looked at our data. So it's just that hmm, we actually have 150 people tuned in. They'd really had dialed us down, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard that some people aren't even getting when they put the mail, they hit the bell, you know, and which just drives us crazy. You know, we're, we're like the two most boring people when we're talking about policy and, you know, maybe culture, some of the cool stuff. But for the most part, you know, we're just trying to, like, change the law as far as, like, the right way to do it. And we'll get you licensed. I mean, like, we're trying to yeah. regulate the plant and make sure that people can get into the industry. And that's that's hard because getting, getting like, kicking the door down into the industry, depending on where you live, is either impossible 
or still quite difficult. And so like, I'm not saying that it's easy to go into Oklahoma and get in the industry. You still got to do the work. You still got to sell the plant. And I just saw something in Illinois, not to mention prices and quantities, but you can get like 3.58 grams uh, for $40 for certain strains in the uh, uh, retail outlet in which that I buy flowers. I like how to say all of that stuff to avoid an algorithm. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? When you talk about pricing, we're trying to just inform people like what it is in each state. You know, it, yep. there used to be the. Do you remember when uh, uh, the 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 black the the tuna talked about the uh, how he used to use the High Times magazine because they used to have a stock report of like yep. each city. And it was talking to. I, yeah. I my my High Times is at home uh, and I, not at work, and so I, I'm still a subscriber. But uh, they still publish the price of an O all over the country. And the states. But you do that on YouTube. Yeah. You do that on YouTube. Flagged. Yeah. I love that. I I was so upset, though. The the one episode that we did together, you know, uh, in in, uh, Seattle, we immediately got flagged for. And so, like, most people never saw the episode that we did together because we're showing uh, all the cool stuff that we had gotten from the local providers. Yeah, it was a time we had uh, Eddie Lepp, too. You talked to him, had your interview with him. Uh, Man, I miss those times. And, you know, when uh, I'm going to be going on a great adventure coming up this week, I'm going to. Thank you. Hi again. Yep. Hi again. Um, hi. Hi again. Thanks for the, the 10 bucks. Shout out to you. But yeah, I'm going on a great adventure, man. I'm going to Houston and I'm going to be driving across to California to see family. And uh, I'm going to be doing safety check-ins, though, throughout the whole time because uh, Texas. Texas. Yeah. Just, be careful, be careful in Texas, because in Texas, I hear Rihanna dresses up as a life-size joint. Rihanna took her love for marijuana to the next level for Dazed, posing in magazine's 30th anniversary issue, wearing a custom joint dress by Jaraline uh, in raw materials that looks like a fashion, high fashion Halloween costume for stoners. Or how do you get a billionaire to pose in a joint? Wait, wait, hang on a second. Let's let's see if it's high fashion Halloween costume for stoners. Can we see how Rihanna's face looks in that joint again? Yeah, that would get really annoying really quick. I'm happy. <laughs> Not happy. You would be smiling and like, or you'd be like, you just. You have no idea how hot it is in that J. You know, <laughs> true story, man. Hey, you know, but you know, good news for uh, most people. Uh, Justice Department bans chokeholds and no-knock raids for federal officers by the Independent. Nice. The United States Department of Justice announced it's banning chokeholds and no-knock entries throughout its department. Fantastic. The change will prevent federal law enforcement officers from conducting unannounced raids and from using cardioid restraints unless deadly force is authorized. Cardioid restraints. And who is the authorizer of the deadly force? Is that somebody's job? Right? Ooh, that'd be a horrible job. You know, 911. Yeah, kill him. <laughs> I'm not sure if the guy from 911 is allowed. Is he, is he the authorizer? Anyway, uh, the General Merrick Garland said in a statement, building trust and confidence between law enforcement and the public we serve is central to our mission at the Justice Department. Yeah, uh, limitations implemented today on the use of chokeholds, cardio restraints, and no-knock warrants combined with a recent expansion of body-worn cameras to DOJ's federal agents are among the important steps the department has taken to, to improve law enforcement safety and accountability. And I really think because this is federally, it will stick. I think they should they'd be wearing their cams, right? Like, Well, I just think this is the difference. This is the difference that administrations make. Uh, this, this would not have become... 
a policy, I think, if the administration hadn't changed in the past election. Just right. like, you know, uh, people have different different goals. And, and I think this yeah. is more their goal. I mean, this is a, a great step forward. And it really means that the, the stuff that happened in the marches that they did in 2020, they changed law. Well, they didn't change necessarily laws, but they've changed official administrative policy. And so the people that are trying to legalize weed, they need to get out in the streets just as much as they got out of the streets to ban these types of chokeholds last year. Because um, this is getting ridiculous, you know? Yeah, and so well, hopefully we can have more activism next spring with smoke outs and like going to the Congress or even in your local community and saying, hello, I mean, ha- think about New Jersey. It's legal there and it's still 71% illegal or yeah. in California where it's legal, but it's still like half illegal, you know? Well, and, and it just overall prohibition is just not helping us. It's not helping the American citizen, the uh, whether it be for rights or uh, a job or, you know, or even just fundamentally knowing right from wrong, you know, like, like given like the law enforcement, here's your yep. order of importance to go after. Yeah. But and this is like amazing policy changes that, that have happened. Like the Brianna Taylor was killed when those police in Louisville were executing a no knock raid at her apartment and they're at the wrong place. And then chokeholds and other restraints were used to restrict blood flow to the brain of George Floyd for that. Oh gosh, it was almost nine minutes. And that uh, police officer, Derek Chauvin, kneeled on his neck. And let's not forget about the goddamn cigarettes for Eric Gardner in goddamn New York. Like, you know, for whatever reason, these guys feel the need to, like, manhandle people over a cigarette or a fake Confederate $20 bill or smell. These are not issues to go mess with people. These are not issues to detain you and, and keep you away from your 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 your, your loved ones. Yeah, liberty in pursuit of happiness. The fuck you care if I'm, you know, doing something with a piece of thing that resembles a cigarette? Yeah, this is just yeah. But the policy does recognize, however, that there may be rare circumstances when there is justification other than physically safety, physical safety, to execute a no-knock entry. The press statement said, if an exception is sought, then there is no imminent threat of physical safety. The agent must first get approval from the head of the law enforcement component of the U.S. Attorney and relevant Assistant Attorney General before seeking judicial authorization for a no-knock warrant. I never understood the whole no-knock warrant thing, though. It's like, we know where you live. It's the the spoilation of evidence. Well, that, the dangerousness also, of it all. And so it's like, yeah. hey, if they know we're coming, they're going to flush all those drugs down the toilet. Um, and so then how are we going to prove that they did it? You know, it's one of those deals where it's like, well, if you know that, is there uh, a plumbing that goes out from his house? Oh, there is. All right, we'll go capture that water. Seriously, though. Why yeah. didn't they, why, how come you didn't like put up a wire on the water and then just knock and announce and then wait until they start flushing cocaine? Then you have that evidence and be like, we already know. We expect you in court by mo- tomorrow, you know? Right, right. I mean, another name for a no-knock warrant is home invasion. Home invasion. That's uh, uh, And That's then like, the errors that happen, too. They're the wrong place. Seriously. Or, or yeah. I mean, we've, we've this is how people die from cannabis and prohibition, not right. from the planet itself. That's how people die from the drug war. I mean, like, again, opioids are bad. You shouldn't do those. You shouldn't come. You shouldn't equate opioids and, and cannabis. You shouldn't. But then the federal law literally does. It's like, here's heroin. Here's marijuana. Same thing. According to the law. Freaking annoying. And that's why. Well, that's why our citizenry, citizenry remains ignorant, because we got butthead politicians being like, well, that's illegal or you should have complied. Well, 
I mean, right. separate right. turkey fountains were a thing at one time, man. Yeah, I know, right? Like, like, uh, like anyway, the law's always right. But then there's some more stuff to report. DC oh, yeah. cannabis growers say it's high time for a new testing lab. The outlaw is reporting. DC's medical cannabis industry is poised for growth this year as the local regulators open up a fresh round of licensing to entrepreneurs hoping to cash in on the medicinal weed. Nice. Last month's DC's Alcoholic Beverage Regulation Administration, ABRA, announced an open application period for the registration of two new cultivation centers, one dispensary, and two testing labs. Applicants have until April 21st. So I, I guess because DC has the legal market where you had $20 stickers, but their, their lab testing is just not there as far as uh, uh, I, I uh, read another. There's none. It's all just gifts. It's all growing gift in uh, as, as far as I'm aware in DC's market. They people may be operating, but if they're operating, they're doing so without a license and without a uh, threat of enforcement to stopping them. But uh, that's that's going to be extremely limited. Two cultivation centers and DC isn't the best place to grow weed because it's <laughs> it's it's a city, you know. Like I'd be like, can't you do that in Virginia? Uh, but uh, and then they have one dispensary. What is the population of freaking DC? You can have one dispo bigger than most states, I believe. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, it's crazy how they're yeah. But you know, I also read another article, uh, same uh, uh, website, the. Uh, Outlaw report. They talked about the applications for labs in there. There was like over a hundred labs. Right. It's about seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, it's the size of Seattle. Damn. Size of Seattle. Yeah. And so a city the size of Seattle, uh, one dispo. Are you kidding? <laughs> but see, that's the problem with this regulation we got going on in with prohibition, right? Like it's like with Florida. I mean, we just enable these monopolies, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, who's gonna win that one? Can we follow the money? I'm trying to find if there's there's Washington cannabis store, Capital Care Dispensary. Is this? But am I in Washington D.C. or am I in Washington? The other, oh no, it's Washington D.C. There are uh, dispensaries that are on the map in uh, Google Maps for. Uh, uh, well, that's in Nebraska. Well, if you're in D.C., will you let us know if there's any uh, dispensaries around you or or what the D.C. market's oh, like? Evidently, there's tons. I mean, here, let me share my screen, uh, which is, oh, uh, um, let me not do that, actually. But if you Google Washington, D.C. medical cannabis dispensary, you will find them. And then uh, and we are not going to, as I, I will, and then try to report on it as opposed to show it to you. Because I'm assuming if we show you on the map where to go get the stuff, that has to violate their terms. Another flag. <laughs> Another flag, right. Ah, uh, come on. Cheeseburgers. I mean, we're constantly just going against the... But anyway, so uh, according to the Abra's website, it costs 3500 to apply for a new cannabis testing uh, facility. So you can't apply still. And labs must pay 7500 to renew light. Wow. That's a lot. Holy moly. No, they have, uh, they have sales. I mean, this is great. Uh, you know how much uh, one-eighth of flour for Jack Hare is uh, from this uh, dispensary menu in uh, Washington, D.C.? Hopefully under under forty. No way. It is fifty six dollars. <laughs> Again, this this the prohibition is hurting the patients when it comes to like the legalization and the way we're doing it. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, red terpinoline. Red terpinoline. That is a that sounds like a delicious one, doesn't it? What is is that the name of a store? No, no, it's a sunflower brand. Uh, Forty eight dollars per three point five oh. grams. Yeah, <laughs> I just. 
it's it's well it's not bad i mean like that's that's what i really enjoy about the stuff it, oh wow oregon at 15 but i like that there's so many different varied brands all over the country and so like i've never seen these brands sunflower uh, i just orange oh, yeah. beans, also by sunflower there's another brand called soul never heard of that brand but see, I, I think that we will never hear – like there will always be a bunch of brands we never hear of, right? Because to become an MSO, each state's got a different – It's the roll-up. And so yeah. like, states looking for their own stuff that's going on to shelves near you, and then eventually they'll go public. I can't wait for that. That's going to be such a, a, a pump and dump uh, oh, yeah. in like 2023 or, or whenever it happens where it'll be legal – all these companies will get listed and then they'll just start eating one another. Well, I think they'll realize that they've been bad business practices. They're not they're not doing the best for either uh, practices for the consumer or for their employees. What they're trying to do is the big money grab. And we own it right now because you, you know, can't come play. Do you know what like the capitalists like to call that? Uh, monopoly? No, creation of shareholder value. So uh, we are creating value for shareholders like never before at my cannabis company. That that sucks, but it's true. I mean, that's probably how exactly talk about. Well, we blocked another market today. We created shares. We really returned a lot of value for our shareholders when yeah. we stopped all of our competitors from gaining this market. That that makes me sad. <laughs> you know what well, makes me not sad? That's the game that is the capitalism. What what, what does not make you sad? Naming a strain. Name that strain. That does make me feel good. There it is. I would classify this one as an heirloom strain, but actually it would be the stage that's right before, right after heirloom. So this wouldn't be heirloom, but it's parents are heirloom strain. And then this one. Uh, And so... Yeah, this one goes way, way back. And so if you can go back to the 90s, uh, this was quite amazing. And there's Huge. Our- uh, I feel the stickiness of it right now. I feel the sticky of this little nodular bud. Yep. That uh, yeah. forest green with the, the orange hairs. The orange hairs, forest green, hand trimmed, never compressed or over dried. So this isn't popcorn. You wouldn't see this uh, on your shelves in your local dispo. This one looks uh, like you'd be paying a premium for it. This is the stuff like back in the day when I didn't have a oh almost when I didn't have a name for stuff. I'd be like, yo, I got some red hair for you. I got some. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was difficult to understand the names because none of the cultivation uh, uh, genetics were really, but they were and they weren't. And so like genetic cultivations was taking place in the 90s, like on the DL. So like, the you know, Kush OG out of the 90s, I thought was in Florida. And then you'd have uh, bubble gum or bubble, bubble Kush coming out of Indiana. And so it's totally illegal there. And that's why they were indoor strains. But then you'd have different stuff coming out on the West Coast. And now it's kind of fun. And that's one of their things that I'm going to really enjoy about the whole interactions with the crew. Uh, what type of strains are we running and why? Yeah, no kidding. That's going to be fun. Dude, there was a lot of half guesses. You know, it's funny when you name weed, how like there's like Kush, like things like that, like Obama Kush and all that other crap. Right. And then like there's a lot of similarities. Like a lot of people are getting like half of it right. Well, it's because like, let's just kind of give them a little tip. And then we're going to talk about a really important story uh, while you guys guess. And then if you guys hit it, uh, we'll give you a shirt. Uh, And then um, so this is a sativa bred by Greenhouse Seeds. 
And in better news, the Washington report, I'm sorry, the Washington Post is reporting college students are have record high marijuana use and record low drinking in 2020. That is substantially different than it was 20 years ago when I remember a record amount of drinking and my cannabis use being completely condoned, condemned, said that it was terrible and bad, you know, could have gotten expelled for it. I thought somebody had it, but never mind. Uh, you know what's funny, dude? What's you up? should have. You should read this the way, like, like obviously, like Anheuser Busch read it. You know, uh, college's report: evil marijuana uses at a high when mm-hmm. drinking's out low. We got. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, but the coronavirus, the pandemic that has killed 658,000 more Americans than marijuana uh, and infected 41 million has upended economies and moved classes to uh, bedrooms and still may have another change for college students. Less booze, more cannabis. A newly released study found that nearly half the country's college age students said they consumed cannabis last year, leading researchers to wonder whether the pandemic may have spurred the record change in the plant's consumption. Chad is the man. Of course he is. Of course Chad would nail that. And uh, uh, does not does not surprise me in the slightest. Chad, let me know. Uh, you know, hit me up at uh, Cannabis Industry Lawyer uh, on Instagram or at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Uh, actually, you can't hit me up there. That just only leads you to a farm to see if we can help you. Speaking of Chad, he uh, mentioned him and Heigen are talking in a little chat. I saw back and forth. And he mentions that today there's a very big protest in Michigan uh, for patients' rights. So if you're in Michigan, look that up. I couldn't tell yep. you where to go right away. Uh, that's Yeah, there's some patients' rights activism that's going on in Michigan because they're trying to fundamentally alter how the caregiver program works, shrinking it from 72 plant gardens to 24 plant gardens. Uh, and, well, you know, that's that's right yikes and, and the regulations are different so it's and then can you sell into both that's the other thing i need to have john makowich on so we could talk uh, deep dive into cannabis news in michigan it's one of the it's it's the oklahoma of the midwest yeah sure uh you know because with this uh, the study about the, the 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 college use the pandemic seems to have actually made marijuana into an alternative escape the monotony of isolation I love it. The alternative good theory, something that I've been espousing for years. Now, one of the things that was also glaringly obviously missing in my college experience was you couldn't just go out and smoke weed like you could. I went to the uh, the, the cannabis consumption lounge over in Peoria, High Harbor. That was cool. Well, I mean, we're, we're in a whole different world from 20 years ago, man. Like, know. Awesome. you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and this, that's, a, that's, a, that's what legalization is about. It's about having options. It's about wellness right. options. When we Bill and Ted ourselves and go back in time and like meet our others from college, we'll be like, don't worry. It's going to be freaking awesome, but it's going to take forever. I don't know. It's still going to be really stupid and terrible. <laughs> I did a lot of psychedelics back then. I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm, is that me? Fat? Me. Bald? <laughs> oh, it's a good thing I'm on mushrooms. Damn right. <laughs> Monitoring the Future study was funded by the NIDA and has been tracking drug use amongst college students and non-college adults aged 18 to 22 since 1980. Research is conducted in the 2020 edition online, querying 1,500 young adults between March 20, 2022 and November 30, 2022, so prime pandemic lockdown time, after the coronavirus pandemic had hit the United States. According to the report, 44% of college students reported using marijuana in 2020, an increase of 30 from 38 percent in 2015 and an uptick in daily or near daily usage from five to eight percent 
you know, maybe it's not just like the whole solo thing that's also part of it, but maybe the the kids are just smarter. Like like alcohol sucks. Like like you drink too much alcohol. The the, the health impact of alcohol relative basis to the the, the cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Yes, that sucks. That profile really sucks. But I don't think people care, and I don't think people are all that smart enough to really figure it all out. Like, do they really? Can we teach our kids the metabolic pathways of the various substances that are out there? Coffee, alcohol, cocaine. Mm. And remember, it's not cocaine, it's cocaine. And then uh, uh, opioids, uh, you know, relative harms. Why haven't the children or even the general population been educated regarding the relative harms of the specific substances? How come they're all lumped into drugs and then there's a slippery slope that goes from as soon as you have coffee, straight on to heroin? Seriously, though, like like how many like bad, dis- like what kind of like with alcohol? Many, many, many bad decisions, right? From from physical assaults to to um, uh, damaged property. You know what happens when you're consuming too much cannabis? Like what happens? But yet the desire to just take well, a nap. I, I don't know. I think it's going to turn out to be more along the lines of a uh, coffee or one of those types of things where uh, there's a supplemental aspect to it. I mean, people that eat broccoli live longer. People that exercise live longer. Uh, you know, people that reduce their inflammation, they just do. And and that's what we're going to kind of probably come to see. So your cannabis habit is fine. And if anything, that might be why Dr. Michelum is still alive. And that might also be why uh, Dr. Lester Grinspoon lived into his 90s and Tommy Chong's still alive. And, you know, it's... It, it helps you really your homeostasis. Yeah, and of course, yeah. what else? Yeah, no, the, the, we got more old stoners alive now than we do old alcoholics. Right. I mean, we have to see the long term effects cut to all these old men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we're still studying. Still studying that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Trying to find the smoking gun. Found a lot of other smoking things, tell you that much. Well, you know, speaking of the smoking gun. Uh, anti-doping group will review cannabis ban after Shikari Richardson suspension in NPR. This really just gets at my chaps because this is about plans for next year. Like, why are you making announcements about like questioning the the the, the efficacy of cannabis? Do it now. Do it now so people don't be stressed. You know, uh, uh, they just uh, today was a, a, a the trial for the horrible gymnast that assaulted all the women. I thought he was like their coach or whatever. I don't know. Just a bad person on the morning news too. I was like, yeah, some people are gross. And then the worst thing was that uh, Norm Macdonald died. So I should just continue to impersonate Norm Macdonald for at least the next five years, you know, because he was great. But just, it just, just, Gets my goat when 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 all this like talk about like we're gonna reconsider what is right and wrong in the world, but next year, no, no, do it now. Just like you should pass the Safe Banking Act and pass the goddamn anything else with the word cannabis and freedom. Right. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I don't care. Right. Oh, you know the, the norm one was pretty interesting too. Like uh, I like this other part of the study. Uh, binge drinking fell from thirty two percent to two percent, mostly because. You couldn't go spring break. I mean, like only the crazy. Well, I'm not going to say that, but uh, it was there was just way less opportunity to go to those keggers and the parties because everything was closed. No, they probably weren't in Florida. That's why. Well, (laughs) Florida's never really closed. They just said, you can't make me wear anything. (laughs) Why I moved to Florida. It was my I don't want to wear that policy. I mean, I moved to a beach. Sometimes they arrest me because I don't want to wear that. 
<laughs> Let me get started, dude. Again, I'm going through Texas, so I gotta, I gotta brace myself for uh, the whole world of yeah, they don't exist. And five G's, five G's gonna get you. Just make sure that you get your firearm permit, dust that out, put your Colt Peacemaker in the trunk, and then uh, you, sh- and then of course wear a hat and uh, it, it profess your your fondness for barbecue and for freedom. And then don't really talk politics at all. I'm halfway there, but the only guns I got are these ones. That's a good joke. <laughs> and I, I would use that joke. But, uh, you know, watch out about making jokes about weed. Oh, God. I was gonna, uh, yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, I'm going to be driving through 1940 as fast as I can. Yeah, I feel that way when I'm in Indianapolis. I'm just like, it's a cool place. Can't wait to leave. I just, I just don't like being a criminal hanging out. Like, and so at least in Florida, I'd be like, well, I'll try to qualify as a medical patient with my medical card here in case anything goes wrong. Well, here's, what, here's what kills me, man. So like all this talk, like, like with the vaccine and the mass mandate bullshit. Right. And then you hear a lot of people like, like the Joe Rogan thing. He moved to Texas because of freedoms. Right. And all this other crap. But like, I'm about to go there and I'm about to have less freedoms and feel more apprehensive about how I live in my personal day to day. Like, God forbid I, I had a joint on me and get pulled over speeding or something. I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel the love <laughs> down there. Yeah, and I'm sure that Joe Rogan would fare far better than you if you got arrested for weed in Texas. Right, right. Well, that, his Tesla versus my whatever. Well, his, his monies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really change these laws. Uh, but Richardson might also be helping to change. If yeah. was definitely policy, like the policy in the rule book of the World Anti-Doping Agency, that would be great. But it really sucks that she was denied. She probably would have won. I mean, like, we don't oh, know because yeah. it didn't happen. But she was the favorite. But and that, that's what I was talking about, like, with, with the thing that the trial today is like, because a lot of it happened uh, today. Those young ladies that are in the Olympics stepped out during uh, for mental health. Right. They, they said, hey, and then made, people made a big deal about it, like, oh, you try so hard. And yet, yet you, 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 you cop out right before the, the thing. No, she had to take care of herself. And, and if, if cannabis was an option, and maybe that might be helped her, like, you know, treat this PTSD or whatever. But the, the fact that we're going to wait till next year to decide if cannabis is going to benefit the athlete. That's well, ridiculous. It's uh, the next Olympics don't start until um, February, right? Yeah, but it's, it is a, a doping agency, isn't it? So I imagine they, they have more influence in sports overall, right? The world. Yeah, anti- I already remember that. So like the uh, the Olympics have already gotten hyped because like the Olympics should be starting about the same time as the Super Bowl and whatever television company that showed me that commercial. Then when I was watching football over the weekend, uh, uh, must have you know already zeroed in on this. But can we get the policy changed? A new version is due out to come out by October 1st. So if that happens, can the policy get changed before the Winter Olympics? You know, so it's not going to happen to another uh, a sports star uh, in a different Olympics. And what, it will at least let them treat themselves, too, now. OK, so campus is not going to get me fired or, or, or quit. So now I can treat my body. Here's, here's a better option besides the pills that are grounded up or any other stuff that they try and shove down your throat. So in my opinion. In my humble opinion, says Mickey 420 And so, uh, moving on to the next wonderful stories that we have. Stock news. We're going to hit a bumper on this one. (laughs) 
The Kernel to acquire 365 Canvas, built on Microsoft's Dynamic 365 Business Central, and become the most comprehensive cannabis ERP system, offering a complete portfolio of tax, financials, reporting, and compliance systems. From we heard comments, the MSOs said, good, good. And all the other mom and pops said, I can't afford that. Going back to QuickBooks. <laughs> That's it. That is it. When you have an ERP platform, you are trying to patch together so many gosh darn businesses and you're doing consolidating. Like, I mean, think about like a really complex tax return. That's when you need ERP software. Well, and I think this is the, so like we've talked about like how you're getting ready now. You're you're helping your 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 customer get their SOPs for and, and you know all the requirements for manufacturing, all the stuff behind there, right? That program, something like that. Like you said, the big dogs, uh, they're going to love that. They're going to be able to eat it up or even like a good QMS system if you have that. You know, These are all the things that you're going to use for your audits. Instead, if you're a small mom and pop can't afford this $10,000, $20,000 program, you're going to have a pile of books that you're going to show up to your audit You're going to try to – because that was something that was going around. I'm not sure if we're going to have that. We'll get to it after this stock news. But MailChimp made a, an announcement uh, regarding uh, something that may affect any of the cannabis companies that are using MailChimp to run their uh, email campaigns because they were bought by – QuickBooks into it, and a, a lot of cannabis companies are using QuickBooks. Yeah, and it's funny how I think Microsoft changed the policy on, on cannabis, at least how they view uh, not not employment wise, but uh, uh, like how they deal with businesses because they they have. Well, again, this system was built off of a cannabis system or a Microsoft system, mm-hmm. so they're invested somewhat. Microsoft's got a lot of code. Yeah. So the Akerna, an enterprise software leading compliance technology provider and developer of the cannabis industries first. Did you read this part already? Nope. Oh, okay. But I mean, I, you can go ahead and then we'll get the next one. Okay. Uh, as a result of the acquisition, 365 Cannabis, 85 plus clients will gain access to Akerna's compliance gateway featuring rich reporting, MJ retail point of sales, and the recently launched Akerna Connect. Akerna has partnered with SAP, Sage Enact, and other leading providing for integrated financials and tax planning. Wow, that's some big names. Mm-hmm. Offering cannabis operators a solution for each stage of the evolution, from the startup to multi-state operator, while maintaining a regulatory compliance. Every I wonder if they're going to do like a tier pricing then. They're I'm mentioning like, startups. They're gonna. I'm gonna go ask them like, hey, how much? And if it's just an eleven billion dollars, I'll be like, ah, oh, man, I can't afford them. They're eleven billion dollars. <laughs> But it's software, so the more they sell, the more money they make. So they not probably- only software, this is rent-seeking behavior because very often you need to put a compliance plan into place, especially in New Jersey. They put that directly into the statute. Uh, compliance, and they, they, they'll probably put it into everybody else that's going to regulate the plant. How are you going to maintain compliance? I could just start writing a compliance plan right now for this, this ERP software and be like, how would you like another revenue stream? You sell them a $10,000 compliance plan and then the contract. <laughs> Sure. I mean, compliance is going to be the, the, the new chic when, when it goes federal because everybody's going to have to meet it automatically. But until then, all these little fiefdoms, I get compliant now if I was you. If, if you're in, in the industry and you got a business, talk to Tom. Hit this guy up. Uh, well, I mean, people always like to talk, but, you know, it's better to work. Anyway, uh, moving on to the next one. Fire and Flower and Hi-Fi have completed an acquisition of PotGuide and WikiLeaf. According to the PR Newswater, Wire, uh, Fox and Fox. <laughs> 
Fire and Flower Holdings uh, was a wholly owned subsidiary of High Fire, uh, and that has announced the closing of acquisition of all its outstanding shares of PGED Corp., which is Pot Guide, one of the largest cannabis websites and content platforms, and of certain digital assets of WikiLeaf Technologies, an online platform for cannabis enthusiasts and consumers. And that that company stack right there is a wonderful example of why you need some very uh, some help in this industry. Think of how many like corporate funding rounds that was to like get acquired all in this. It's it's just a very strange game. Most people that are operating and starting a business don't think about like, yeah, well, where are you going to get the next dollar as much as uh, the cannabis industry does? Like, how are you going to structure your financing? Mm. There's four different companies in that. But dude, we should roll up CLN into one of those one day. Let's build that stuff out. Like we're, uh, yeah. the, the website's getting there, but then the content's already starting to get posted. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, that's always been my game plan is just been a content provider as far as with cannabis, you know, like that's why I've been trying, especially I want to like go to prohibition states and, and talk to people out in that area. But this these uh, WikiLeaf is in my neck of the woods. Uh, I visited them a couple of years ago. They were they just had a very small office in the Capitol Hill area. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize what they were doing. They're just like a little website. They wanted to be like uh, weed maps originally, you know, have your uh, uh, strain and your, your reviews and stuff. But they've gone on recently in the past year and got a bunch of content on YouTube and, and other things where they're uh, they actually interview. Uh, they have a. Uh, um, uh, Donnell Rawlings, uh, he's a, a comedian, and he has. They have him interviewing. I think it's like High Thoughts or something. The name of the show, whatever. But uh, you know, they found backing, and then with that backing, they got bought. Which, hey, hey, I'll tell you right now, I live in Peoria, Illinois. You live in Seattle. There are way more rich people in Seattle than there are in Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> Uh, by like an order of magnitude, maybe like a hundred times more, you know, yeah. and so, uh, one day you might meet them and then say, nice shoes. Uh, what's going on? And then, uh, and then you'll have a relationship with them. And by then we'll probably have a slide deck for the, the channel. And then you could call them back. Like, hey, you said you did this. Would you like to see that? And that's how you get around uh, uh, advertising requirements under regulation D section 506 B. <laughs> Regulation requirement or a- uh, it has to do with capital require like funding. Oh. So when you're doing private equity, well, private placement memorandums and then capital raises through those vehicles, uh, there are certain rules that you have to comply with to be in a safe harbor exception. Yeah, that's why I got you. I'm not going to remember that. That's fine. That's why we got. That is the world of the cannabis uh, lawyer, especially when you got in the, co- the the holdings and the licenses. All of a sudden, all this corporate shit throws up. No, I'm, I'm, you know, that's the one thing is why when you asked to start doing this together, I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to hang out with a, a lawyer who's been, you know, someone in the industry like or in the unknown industry, the baking industry, like you've actively done things. And then, like I've always said, any job can transition to cannabis. If you're in advertising, you can do advertising cannabis. If you're in accounting, you can be an accountant. That banking, though, that's going to be the foundation, the fundamental, the back of the, the bigger creepy stuff, you know, to be on the managers. Yep. More uh, stock news. Cannabis company Green Thumb Industries, GTI, buys Holy Coal Mill Space, according to the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Holy Coal? Holy Oak? Holy Holyoke, Holyoke. The paper city, <laughs> the paper city continues to draw attention from cannabis companies, embracing the city's new status as rolling paper city. Neat. Ooh. 
Neat. like that. Earlier this I was going to say, Colebrook Realty Services announced that the National Cannabis Grower and Retailers, GTI, had purchased the 326,664 square foot industrial mill at 100 Water Street that was long owned by Hampton Papers, and the purchase price was only $4.56 million, according to Colebrook, which represented the seller. This is a reminder in the middle of the story that GTI uh, tried to break up a union, or they stopped uh, union uh, gathering in the, uh, what is the, uh, the, the the guest that we had? Oh, there's yeah. A- yeah, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the guest, but yeah, there's, I don't know of any GTIs that are unionized in the state of Illinois. But Yeah, they're union uh, busters. Good luck I mean, in New Jersey then, because in New Jersey, you're not a micro, you got to be union. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because uh, in my feed today popped up one of my local dispensaries. They just unionized Ponder. Shout out to you guys for uh, UFC, whatever they are now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, it's one of the country's largest marijuana companies, GTI, which does uh, does business locally as Rise. Ah, Rise is, is its dispensary brand. Is I hate how they do that. I hate how they they hire a brand consultant and pay them a hundred thousand dollars, and they say, "This is the spreadsheets that I've prepared for you. Here's your fonts. Here's your color scheme. Here's your mission statement. This is what we're trying to go for." It doesn't seem like it was processed or like really polished at all, does it? Yeah. No. I just I just want to be a mad child. I'd be like, I want transparency. I want everything you're attached to to have like your stamp on it, so I can be like, I'm not going to go there. You know? Right. Right. Or I will go there, whatever you're into. (laughs) Well, you know, they have a lot. They have 13 manufacturing locations and 97 retail locations across the country. Uh, They are publicly traded. You can go buy their shares right now. Uh, Marijuana business has received a total of 40 licenses from the state's Cannabis Control Commission uh, because this is in is this is this in uh, Massachusetts or is this in which state? It is Daily Hampshire. Daily Hampshire. That sounds like New Hampshire to me. Is it in uh, New Hampshire? Yeah, I think so. I'm about to pop it up right now. But also, uh, uh, you already read that part. Uh, the Walter St- Water Street property has long owned by Hamden Papers, which was founded in 1880 as the Hamden Glaze Paper and Card Company and operated as a family-owned business in Holyoke for five generations. Last September, however, Hampton Papers was purchased by Kentucky-based uh, company LL Flex. Interesting. Yep. Uh, it's called the Daily Hampshire Gazette, which is in Northampton, Massachusetts. So I'm assuming that this is reporting out of the Massachusetts cannabis market. GTI is a player there. That is crazy. Just another huge um, MSO. Money. Like they came into New Jersey as well. I mean, they won uh, some ATCs in Jersey. They on their application, they said, we got $40 million. We're coming in. We got the whole thing. Uh, and that's that's before they rolled into Massachusetts. I'm sure they rolled into Massachusetts like, just deep. And then they can go to the public window and say, we're issuing more shares. We just acquired all these more licenses. Uh, we're going to authorize another 100, uh, 100 shares. And it goes for that price, you know. So, like, the share price may go down. But new markets are going to come online next year, and it's going to sell more product. And this is an example of why men men still in business. And I might be stopping by there next week just to say hi. Well, you know, it's one of those things, but that's that's kind of how it goes. The business of America is business. Yeah, I know. I just like to be a bitch. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for cannabis legalization news, guys. Thanks for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday.